morning we're going to turn our attention to, uh, to Jeremiah chapter 1 as we continue uh, uh, following along in, in, in uh, the story uh, of Jeremiah. Last week we, we focused in on how Jeremiah had been prepared to receive uh, a call and uh, today we're going to read uh, his call narrative, uh, Jeremiah 1 beginning of verse 4 following on uh, through verse 10. As you're turning in your Bibles uh, there, I, I'd invite you to, uh, to, to, to think about this series, this series that, that is called Cultivate, that, that, that uh, began in a focus on what God has been about the work of cultivating over the course of these years in the life of covenant, really identifying for us what our priorities are and setting those before us and how those will continue as we move forward uh, into this next stage of the ministry we're sharing together. But then this, this turn last week and, and the weeks that will follow is, is, is looking at individual call and what God has been cultivating, what God is cultivating in your life today and how God reveals uh, a pattern of behavior uh, uh, for us in, in the story of Jeremiah. So beginning in Jeremiah 1, verse 4, uh, together we hear the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, that is Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I, will, uh, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to over overthrow, to build and to plant. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you uh, bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we, we do come before you with thanksgiving for your word and for the wisdom that, that is contained there. And we ask, oh God, that you would uh, be present with us by the power of your spirit as we reflect on uh, your holy word. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that would come to know and understand your word. And indeed, your ultimate will open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, oh God, that you would open our hands that we would offer grace to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some of you might have seen me with one of these before. Um, every, every, every day that Zach sees me, I have one of these with me. Um, I, I, th this is my addiction. Uh, I do not drink coffee. I do not drink tea, but I drink plenty of Dr. Pepper and Coke. Um, uh, and, and, and I want you to also know that, that one of my flaws is I think that I'm special. Um, and, and, uh, no, see, I think that I'm special. And, and the first time I went to the Walmart gas station, uh, by the way, this is not from inside. This is from the gas station, the Walmart gas station. The first time I went to the Walmart gas station, I thought I was really special. 
Because dude there was super joyful and super friendly and super hospitable. And he was talking to me and he was like, uh, you know, where are you going? How's your day? How's life? Uh, you got kids? Like, and I was like, wow, this is like different from a gas station, a Walmart gas station. This is, this is really different. What's the deal here? Next day, get to know him more. Next day, I get to know him more because this is a daily routine, as we've talked about. Uh, and I mean, then, you know, I find out what, what, what he does for, uh, for a living uh, other than uh, a gas station attendant at Walmart, find out about his wife, hear about his life story. Uh, one day, someone finally tells him that I'm a pastor because I run into one of you over there, and, and then he finds out I'm a pastor, and so then he has to retrack everything he said to me before <laughs> and see if, uh, if he's still in good stead. Um, no, so 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 so. So I, I think Derek, Derek's my homie. I think Derek and I uh, have a great relationship, and uh, it's been built over the course of, of, of these months. And uh, as I think about it, though, I think how special I am. Uh, but then, uh, after, after a few weeks, uh, maybe a month, I actually, like, stepped back and opened my eyes to reality. I was over at the back of the store getting my 44-ounce Dr. Pepper, and, uh, and I, was, I was filling it up, and I observed from the other end of the store, Derek connecting with another one of his customers. <laughs> and I felt cheated on, to be honest. <laughs> no, like, so, so I, I look at Derek, and Derek, you know, they walk in the door, Derek knows their name, Derek knows about the family, Derek knows what they do for a living. Derek is super joyful and super happy to connect with this, this rando that walked in the, grocery, in, in the gas station. <laughs> Right? And, and, and I began watching over the course of time, and Derek actually does that to everyone. Like, like, everyone that comes in there regularly, he knows them. And I thought to myself, you know what? I wonder, Derek might actually be called to this role that he's in. Like, Derek has a gift for hospitality and relationship that he's able to offer so beautifully and wonderfully as the gas station attendant at Walmart. And that's not something we typically put together. I think he's meant to do what he's doing at this very moment. Dare I say, he might even be called to be doing exactly what he's doing at this moment. You know, if, if you end up going over to the, to the gas station Walmart and you connect with Derek, um, uh, I, I think you'll be blessed. But if he doesn't connect with you, then it's just because I'm special. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know what? Um, I, I love whenever God gives us that opportunity to step back and see someone that's been called to something. You know what I'm talking about? When, 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 when you like, whoa. Like they were made for that. I remember uh, uh, Addie, uh, Addie's doctor, Dr. Nix, over at Sterling Ridge, uh, Texas Children Pediatrics, retired, and we were like, oh, because we love Dr. Nix, and Dr. Nix was like a fixture in the community, and we felt so comfortable with him, and so we got assigned to a new doctor, Dr. Muhi, and uh, I remember uh, Addie and I were in there together for an appointment, and Addie was up on the little table, and Dr. Muhi walked in the door and started asking the questions like the doctor does, typing in the computer. And then she did something beautiful. She, she, she got off the computer, and she went and sat down right next to Addie on the table. 
and had like this beautiful one-on-one conversation where I wasn't even there. Like I disappeared in the background. And in that moment, I looked and I said, wow, Dr. Muhi was built to do exactly what she's doing. Dare I say she's, she's called to do that. Isn't that beautiful whenever you get to see that, whenever you like step back and you witness someone doing like what, what, what they're called to do? My brother-in-law, Joe, uh, is an elementary school teacher. Uh, yes, a man, elementary school teacher. They're rare, I know. Uh, but uh, I, I, I remember he and I were hanging out. Uh, and, and if you don't know, like a little bit of backstory, Joe uh, and my sister started dating whenever my sister was in ninth grade, so I was in eighth grade, and so uh, Joe's been a part of the family forever, right? So Joe is one of my dearest, very, very, very best friends, and he and I were hanging out, and it was, it was not too long after he began teaching, uh, and so uh, he started telling me, I, you know, I'm asking how's school, how's, how's the classroom, how's How's your students? You know, tell me all the horror stories. I want to hear them all because then I get to laugh because those are my kids doing that to you. And uh, I think about that. And then, then like, he turns to me and he lights up and he tells me about a specific history lesson that he taught and, like, how he brought different props in and how it came to life. And he talked about, like, the look in the kids' eyes. He talked about the joy that they had in connecting with history and understanding how it relates to the present. And, and, and he talked about, like, the powerful influence he was experiencing in kids' lives and, and, and what that's meaning to him. And I, I looked at him. I didn't even get to see the classroom, right? But I, I just got to hear the story. And I heard in his voice and I saw in his mannerism, he was called to do exactly what he was doing. How beautiful is that? When you get to step back and see that. Well, for, J- for us, we get to see uh, uh, th- this, this call, like the origin story of that thing that someone was meant to do uh, in, in Jeremiah 1. We get to see how, how not just how, how God prepared Jeremiah for that season, but also how, how God actually called and and, and we, we have heard this jeremiah 4 uh, 1 4 text often and and it, it resonates in our ears because it's uh it's been quoted time and time again before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you and so this, this is really the origin of how god called jeremiah but but i think we actually miss uh, a, a little piece of of that uh, of that story, you see, when it says, "Before I, I formed you in the womb, I knew you," uh, we think about, "Wow!" Like, like from the very very beginning, God knew Jeremiah. From the very very beginning, God knew me. Uh, but there, there's a, a, a something that's lost in translation. The word "knew" there, before I formed you in the womb, I. I, I knew you. Um, if you're a youth, you could close your ears. Uh, for everyone else, the word knew in Hebrew there is, is uh, not like knowledge knew, but it's like, like in the biblical sense knew. You got me? All right, youth, you could open your, your ears. Uh, so so, so, so uh, there is in Hebrew... Like this intense level of intimacy 
like this unveiledness that this nothing is hidden and everything is exposed and and all is known type of new like there 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 is there is nothing that you could hold back because you are there bare and so when 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 we hear this and God is speaking to Jeremiah and God is saying, look, uh, before, before you were even born, but before, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I, 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 I knew you intimately, powerfully, in, in great detail. It's, it's there for us to understand that, that God has not created us by accident. Uh, we have not been formed by accident we have not had a purpose to our lives created by accident but god wove that all together and knew it all intimately and and when we when we hear the the rest of of jeremiah's call we we hear uh a lot of specifics a lot of specifics that 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 aren't about uh joe teaching history or dr muhi being a pediatrician or uh, or about Derek being the best hospitality that Walmart's ever known. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's quite specific to what God had in store for Jeremiah. And, and, and I want you to, to hear a few of those things so that we could reflect back on, on what they mean for us. The, the first is that uh, he repeats, God repeats twice in these few verses that Jeremiah is to be in relationship to nations. In fact, he's going to speak a word to nations and then he's going to be over nations. In, in verse 5, it says, uh, I consecrated you, I appointed you uh, a prophet to the nations. So, so what he's going to do is going to have impact on the nations. Not just a prophet for Israel, not just a prophet for, uh, for Judah, but to be a prophet for the nations. And then it, it goes further than that. Uh, a few verses down, it's, it's like, if, if you want to know more about what's going to happen, I'm going to tell you ahead of time. It says in verse 10, see today I appoint you not two nations, I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms. It seems a bit redundant, but I think it's because of all that's going to go on in Jeremiah's prophetic journey, in Jeremiah's prophetic ministry. Uh, you're going to know that he's going to be over Egypt and over Assyria and over Babylon. He's going to be over invasions and incursions. He's going to be over. Uh, he's going to be over those seasons whenever exile takes place. And so, as those kingdoms come in, they're now trying to influence and impact uh, what it is to to be in relationship with God. What it is for the people of Israel, but instead, uh, God is appointing a prophet that's going to not allow their influence to overwhelm, but allow God's influence to speak a word of truth to nations beyond Israel. Well, if, if Jeremiah heard that before any of this even happened, talk about what it means to not just know Jeremiah, but to know what Jeremiah had been prepared for. Sometimes you and I, we, we, we receive a call, we follow through with it, and then we, then we realize later how God had called us to just the right thing at just the right time to have just the right impact. How was I prepared for that? 
God knew you from the very beginning. So Jeremiah was called to be over nations, to be over kingdoms. Uh, but the calling continues uh, beyond that. You see, uh, it, it's, it's really clearly two things that he's supposed to do. He's supposed to go, and then he's supposed to speak. He's supposed to go exactly where he's sent. He's to, supposed to speak exactly what he's told to speak. And, and, and the language here is, is quite specific. It's not you may go and you may speak. It's not if you want to, you can go, or if you want to, you could speak. It's more of that Jonah and Nineveh, you gotta go, you have to go. There's no way around it. It's happening sort of thing. Uh, the language is actually shall language. And, and if you have your Bibles, you could underline it, you could circle it, you could say shall, because that shall has direct and powerful implications. It has to happen. So uh, we're, we're about to have what, what is called a general conference in the United Methodist Church. The United Methodist Church has these, these global gatherings, and uh, legislation is written, and it's so big and important. And, uh, and, and, and whenever we write the book of discipline, uh, this is what has to be bound and what binds us together in covenant one with another. And whenever these, these legislative uh, uh, statements are written, everyone pays really close attention to whether the binding word in the statement is may or shall. Because if, if, if the discipline says may, then it's offering suggestion. It's saying uh, you could do this if you want to. Uh, maybe even we think you should do this, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. That's what may, may language looks like. And then there is shall language, right? And if you use shall language, then it's gonna happen. Has to happen. No choice, period. And so anytime you read the book of discipline, which I, I, if you're an insomniac, I recommend for you, uh, before you go to drugs, go to the book of discipline. It will help you out. Um, and so, uh, so when you read the book of discipline and you come across the word shall, highlight it, circle it, underline it, because it is telling you something that everyone has to do what we are in covenant together in. You got me? And so here, Jeremiah hears very clearly this word, you shall go. You shall speak. And Jeremiah says, but God, uh, I'm not really good at speaking because I'm just a kid. Now, we don't know how old he was. He could have been 16. He could have been 21. Uh, he could have been 12. But, but God came. God said, shall. He paid attention. He heard the word shall. And he said, I can't speak. And then uh, God has a solution for that just as he uh, did for Moses, just as he did throughout the scriptures for people that, that did not know what to say. Uh, he, he does this thing, God does this thing, God reaches out his hand, and, and I wish Jeremiah would tell, if it, tell us if this was like a, a literal or a figurative hand, because I would have loved to, 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 to get an image for what's going on here. God reaches out God's hand and reaches out and touches Jeremiah's mouth. Did y'all hear that in the scripture? Uh, God touches Jeremiah's mouth, and as God is touching Jeremiah's mouth, God says, I am giving you my word. I don't care how good you are at speaking. I don't care uh, if you think you're too young to speak. I don't, think, I don't care if you think that you're not going to be respected when you speak because you're so young. I really don't care what your excuses are. I said shall. 
And because I said shall, I'm going to touch your mouth and I'm going to give you words and it will be enough. It's actually a reflection of what Jesus says in, in, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. Uh, we have the mission of the 12. Jesus sends out the 12 disciples and he sends them to go do ministry. And he says, hey, here's all the ministry that you're going to do. And, and then Jesus says to his disciples, now people are going to get mad at you. People aren't going to like what you're doing. People aren't going to like that you're healing and, and, like, and like offering a gospel of love and grace. And, you know, and they're not going to like that you're telling them about the Messiah because, well, they're grumpy. And so here's what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to get mad. And, and here's what I'm going to do, though. So when they hand you over, do not worry how you are to speak or what you are to say. You, you got that? So like, like whenever someone like imprisons you or binds you or whenever they surround you and offer oppressive words to you, like, like you're going to get nervous and you're going to have anxiety. But here's what's happening. Whenever they do those things, don't worry about it for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. You see that? God is giving the words through the power of the spirit to accomplish what God intends to accomplish. The final thing about Jeremiah's call uh, is at the end, and I, th I think that when Jeremiah probably heard this for the first time, he was like, as he heard it, because uh, Jeremiah is, is called to a ministry of, of plucking up and pulling down, of, of destroying and overthrowing. And it's like, oh man, what a joyful thing I get to do. Um, right? Like, like, I'm going to be like the omen of destruction over and over again. But then God adds to his call at the very end of this that he's also called to build and to plant i think one of the things god's saying in that is is look some of the things that i call you to do aren't really that fun uh some of them are incredibly challenging some of them uh, uh will be experienced as pain but i'm creating something beautiful through you and in you and we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. So whenever we hear about this Jeremiah's call, I think sometimes uh, we think about it in those terms, those terms of vocation, those terms of, of what am I going to do with my life. And I think that's a, that's a good thing for us to consider. Uh, and, and we might be ex in a season of reflection on our own life saying, what, what am I doing? What am I going through? Some of you might be in job transitions or considering job transitions. Uh, and, and, and if you're in those spaces, you, you could look and, and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want from me in this season? Or maybe you're in that sweet spot that you're doing exactly what God has called you to do. And, and, and we narrow it down into those terms. But I want us to, to pull back just a second and think about God's call more broadly. And to think about the fact that God has never done calling. Like if I think, if I think to myself, hey, Jason, you were called to be a preacher whenever you were uh, 17 years old. Uh, God did it, check, heard, call, done. Never have to listen to God again. Do you see how stupid that sounds? Right? So I want us to like live in the stupidity of that for just a minute and, and, and know that God continues calling. I think about Dario Vargas. Dario is, uh, is uh, 
responding to a call to pastoral ministry as a second career. Uh, does that mean that Dario uh, did not respond to God's call to do other things in his life prior to this season? Of course not. I think that would be foolish for us to consider. I think God called Dario to, uh, to, to build his family, uh, to, to, to marry his fantastic and better half-wife, uh, Anna. For them to grow their family with Andres and Carolina and Juana and, 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 to, and to, to be the father that God's called him to be. I said called, called him to be, right? I think God called him uh, to, to work for, uh, for, for Compact and then HP in the season that God did because of what God had, had seen was going to, to be happening in his life. And I think that God called him to transfer to the United States of America. I believe that with all my heart. That 19 years ago, God called him to, 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 to begin working for HP and to come to the United States of America. That that wasn't happenstance, that wasn't just preparation. I think God actually called him to that. I think God called him to respond to opportunities to, to, to engage in countries and in business all across Latin America so that he would also be prepared to respond to the call that God laid on his life to enter into pastoral ministry and become a proclaimer of the gospel here at Covenant. All of that took place in call. He called Dario one time, two times, three times, four times. I don't know how many times he called, but over and over again, Dario was open to respond to God's call. So how many times have you responded to the call of the Lord? Not just a one-time vocational call, but a repeating, repetitive, constant word from the Lord that's guiding your life in one stage and another. Over and over again. I think each and every one of us are called by God. That wasn't strong enough. Let me rephrase. I know with all my heart that each and every one of us are called by God over and over again throughout our lives. You might not have heard a direct vocal word from the Lord, but maybe you felt a strange and overwhelming peace in your very soul about what God was leading you to do. And if you haven't felt those things yet, I want you to know that they're there for you if you offer yourself in prayer and surrender to God because he is calling. In fact, I think that God isn't just calling all of us generally or all of us individually, but I think God is calling all of us together corporately to this very season, this very time to be stewards of the ministry of covenant together. What an incredible, profound gift we have to be a part of planting a church for Jesus Christ today. This is not something to take for granted. 
This isn't something to, 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 to uh, sweep to the side and act like it, 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 it's not as big or profound as it is. I want you to understand that God is planting a church through you and you've been called to this season. God is in the business of calling. How have you responded? How will you respond? May we go forth with the same conviction and the same grace and the same faithfulness that Jeremiah did because he is calling. May we be faithful. Would you pray? Gracious God, we come before you with, uh, with tremendous thanksgiving for the ways in which you call us, not just in, in vocation, but, uh, but across our lives. Uh, in in the, the smallest of details and in the greatest uh, of, uh, of stages, Lord, you're in it all. And so we celebrate that, that, that none of it's by accident, but uh, you're here. And you meet us. So, Lord, we surrender. We offer ourselves to you. Lord, uh, as we continue in worship and we enter into this time of holy offering, Lord, we ask that you would bless this time, that you would bless both the gift and the giver alike, that all that is done in this time uh, would be wholly devoted to you and that you would receive all the praise, glory, and honor in everything that is done in this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.